You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. My guest today is attorney and now author, Lee Robinson. We're going to talk to uh, Lee a little bit about her book, Lawyer for the Dog. It's a novel, so we're interested. It's a very heartfelt, very funny book, so we're going to be interested uh, to hear more about that. And it's got a wonderful schnauzer on the cover, which uh, those listeners out there know I'm a little bit prone to schnauzers. Sorry, other puppy dogs out there. But uh, yeah, obviously, if it has a schnauzer on the cover, I'm going to be interested to pick it up and read it, and I'm glad I did. So everybody, hang tight. We're going to come right back and talk to author Lee Robinson right after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com, that's the number 4, K-N-I-N-E-S.com, or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm here talking to author Lee Robinson about her latest book, Lawyer for the Dog. Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you. My pleasure. Oh, well, it's great to have you on. Congratulations on the book. I love everything about the book. Tell us a little bit about it and uh, let our listeners know what it's all about. Well, Lawyer for the Dog is about actually a lawyer who is appointed by a family court judge to represent a miniature schnauzer who is being fought over by two very bitter, older people who are in the midst of a divorce. And they've got a lot of other things to fight over, but it seems that the most difficult thing for them to think about letting go of is this wonderful little dog named Sherman. And the main character is an attorney in Charleston, South Carolina, who actually, when the book opens, does not have a dog and has not had a dog since childhood and tells everybody that she's too busy, that her life is way too complicated to have a pet. And slowly but surely, and I won't give away too much, that attitude changes in my main character, Sally Baynard. And that seems to be the way it always is with animals. Uh, they come to your life when you least expect them and when they uh, they touch your heart in a way that you just can't say no. Isn't that right? Absolutely. You let them in the door and, and you got a friend for life. That's right. And they're there for a purpose. They're there to teach you a lesson or to heal you or, or to be part of your life and teach you joy and love and uh, whatever their purpose is. I think they do a great job of doing that. And this little dog teaches Sally Baynard a lot about life that she had no idea of. 
So it's those wonderful life lessons, especially when you when you haven't had a dog or haven't had one for a long time. I think that definitely brings back those memories and those teachings from uh, from the past. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, I know for us, we've got two schnauzers, and uh, one's a uh, chocolate mini, and the other one's a little white toy schnauzer from Texas, and uh, we adopted her and uh, brought her over to Atlanta, and we hadn't had a puppy for about 20 years until we adopted her, and it quickly reminded me why I waited 20 years to have a puppy. (laughs) Well, I've actually never had a schnauzer, but my sister, who lives in Columbia, South Carolina, and always has more than one dog, has a part schnauzer named Cricket, and Cricket is one of my favorite dogs ever, and Cricket is named Cricket because... She can jump from the floor up onto the dining room table in a skinny minute. She's the sweetest little dog that ever lived. She was my model for for Sherman in the book. I changed her sex, but I hope she'll forgive me. (laughs) There you go. When writing the story, obviously, uh, you're an attorney. That is your uh, career, and obviously, uh, you've dealt with uh, dogs and, and used that. How much did you pull from life experiences to write the book? Well, I've had a lot of dogs in my lifetime, but I have also done a lot of divorce cases in my 20 years of practicing law, and a lot of them, many of them were very bitter. Some some were uncontested, but many of them were very bitter and hard fought. Many of them involved custody of, of children. I never actually had a case go to trial over a, a dog, but I had many cases in which my client very much wanted the dog, and we would negotiate that into an agreement or a settlement as the case got closer to trial. Uh, many of your listeners may be aware of the fact that in every state of the union now, dogs are still considered property, and they are so. So the family courts hesitate to to treat them to give them the kind of consideration they would give a child in a custody case. But that attitude is really is is changing. And you can now find family court judges who are talking about who are using phrases like best interest of the dog and talking about where it would be best for the dog to be with which party and considering evidence about that. Now, that usually does not take up too much of the court's time because the courts, you can imagine, are somewhat reluctant to get into the business of dividing up, deciding where all the family pets are going to go across the nation. But those of us who've fallen in love with our dogs realize that a dog is much more important than a sofa or an automobile And those things are fought over all the time, and those things take up family court judges' time. Yeah, absolutely. And and when you consider that, uh, you know, animals are more than just pets. You know, they are family members. I think most people, at least here in the United States, would feel that way. There's also more animals in a household typically than people in the household. So how do you go about not recognizing their rights and what needs to be uh, in the best interest of, of them as well? I read an article recently which said that many people, most people in this country will consider it more of a tragedy to have the death of a pet, especially a dog, than the death of an aunt or an uncle, which kind of astounded me. But then when I thought about it, I'm not all that surprised. 
No, actually, uh, you know, I think it is that way with uh, most people that I know. And the fact that, you know, we're not as close to our relatives as we had been. You know, in past years, you know, you typically were born in a town, you were raised in a town, you grew up around family, you stayed around family. And I think in today's society, we're more mobile. We go and move away from our home life. And a lot of times we don't see our aunts and uncles and cousins. Where our animals, you know, they're a treasured member of our immediate family and we're taking care of them uh, 24-7 or letting them take care of us 24-7 in some cases. (laughs) That's absolutely right. That dog who's, you know, sits at our feet or beside us on the sofa or follows up, goes with us on our walks. And that dog may be much more of a companion than any relative. Exactly. Yeah, they don't care what job we have, what house we live, or what car we drive in. As long as the kibbles are on the table, then they're good to go. Now, they can nag, as we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my little one, we call her Nanny. She nannies a lot. She'll go, uh, uh. Whenever she doesn't. Yeah, they definitely have their opinions about things. <laughs> they do. They do. And rightfully, they should. So then writing the book, Lawyer for the Dog, how did you come about doing that? Has this been something you've been wanting to do or just had an epiphany that this would be a great story to tell? How did that come about? Well, I've been writing since since high school and have published a young adult novel, oh, I guess it's almost 20 years ago, about a custody case, a child custody case. And then I published a couple of books of poetry. And then I was thinking about using my experience in the family court in a novel, and I didn't want to write the ordinary divorce story. So I wanted to think of a character I could put in the middle of the story who would really be interesting. And the character I came up with in this case was a dog, and he is central to the story, and he's, he's got his own very, very interesting little personality, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. He's named Sherman because he, as a puppy, was somewhat destructive, as in the um, (laughs) Yankee general Sherman. And since the story he said in Charleston, that, you know, that's appropriate. Yes, very appropriate. So, uh, fortunately, uh, little Sherman here didn't go through uh, Atlanta and burn the whole city down. So, (laughs) I'm thankful for that. And I use my experience, of course, in the family court as a lawyer. But the rest of it is very much out of my imagination. This lawyer um, who's appointed to represent the dog is appointed by her ex-husband, who just happens to be the family court judge, who's got a bit of an agenda in, in appointing her to this case. The case is tying up his docket because the parties won't settle because they can't decide, they can't agree on who's going to get the dog. But there's more going on than just that. And she's also, she's got, this lawyer's got a bunch of problems other than how to deal with this difficult case. She lives with her aging mother who has Alzheimer's. She's got a very busy practice and she's got, shall we say, a challenging love life. So there, yeah, and and I love how you twisted all that. You know, you get your central character, you know, in the novel, but you also have the different bits and pieces, and it's it's real life type stuff. You know, it's done in a way that makes it interesting because it's not just about, as you said, uh, being an attorney, being a lawyer, and divorce cases, but also you got your own challenges that a lot of people don't see. So I think you did a great job of intertwining all that together. Well, thanks. 
Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we'll come back after these messages to continue our conversation with uh, author Lee Robinson. Talk to her a little bit more about Lawyer for the Dog and talk to her a little bit about her writing and writing skills and how she uh, goes about planning her books and all of the writing. So we'll get right back at it after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Here talking to uh, author Lee Robinson about her book, Lawyer for the Dog. Lee, tell us a little bit about uh, your writing in general, whether you're writing poetry or young adult or now the novel, Lawyer for the Dog. How do you go about planning your day? Is it one of these where you're strict about when you get started? Do you, are you a strong outliner before you start writing your books? Or is it a lot like me and you just wait till the deadline and get it all done at the last minute? <laughs> Well, of course, deadlines are important, but The Lawyer for the Dog was actually written before there were any deadlines. I wrote the story, the novel, and then sent it to an agent. So it was the first draft, at least, was there without a deadline, thank goodness, because I've had enough deadlines in my life with having to write legal briefs. I really don't enjoy doing creative writing with a deadline. I can do it, but I, it's not my favorite thing. I'm a morning writer. I generally get up early in the morning and and have a couple of hours of writing time and and then go about the rest of my day. When I was actively practicing law, I'm retired now, but when I was actively practicing law and had kids in the house, I would actually get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and write because that was the only time the house was quiet enough and I had enough time to do it before the chaos began. And I can understand that and appreciate that. I'm, I'm definitely not the morning writer. I've definitely never been the, the morning type of person. It takes me uh, quite a while to get revved up. And uh, I think for my writing, at least once I get into it, there's, you know, it's complete focus. I lose a track of everything else around me. Is it that way for you as well? Or are you more of uh, you're going to get your couple hours in and whenever there's a good stopping point, you uh, wrap it up for the day? 
Well, if I have somewhere I've got to go, I, I can wrap it up. But I can go, I can get really into it and sort of lose myself. And that is a lot of fun. I mean, that is really the best of times for a writer. And it, when things are going well and, and you're writing along and having fun. And I think actually it shows in the writing that you're having a good time doing it and it's flowing well. I did want to mention when you were talking about deadlines, there's a sequel to Lawyer for the Dog coming out this summer, Lawyer for the Cat. And I did write that book on deadline because it was a two-book contract. And oh. I had a, a deadline by which I had to turn that, that first draft in. Lawyer for the Cat is about a cat who is a recipient of a pet trust and inherits or has to be used for her care several million dollars in a plantation outside of Charleston. And the same lawyer, Sally Baynard, is appointed by the probate court judge this time to choose, help him choose the best caretaker for the cat because the deceased has left a short list of potential caretakers. So that was a, a, a lot of fun to write as well. And that's coming out when? And that's coming out this coming summer. This coming summer. Summer of 2016. All right. for the cat. We'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Well, let me ask you about this process then. So walk me through writing Lawyer for the Dog. How long did it take you to write the manuscript? How long did it take you to find the right and perfect agent? And how long was it until you not only landed a one-book deal, but a two-book deal right out the bat? Well, it took me, I would say, a couple of years to write the novel. But that was not, I would take periods of time away from the writing. I can't say that it was two years straight. Once I had it completed, I sent it to the agent, who's a wonderful woman. She happened to represent, also represent my husband, Jerry Winokur, who's also an author. And she very kindly agreed to look at it. She had a number of suggestions she thought would make it better. She sent me back to the drawing board. I did more work. I sent it back to her. She looked that over. She sent it back to me and so on and so forth. Finally, she pronounced it ready to be to come into the world, and she started shopping it around. And once she did that, she, in very short order, had three offers. So that was lucky. It was, a, it was a wonderful, wonderful to have a choice. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did she use that leverage of having three different offers to land the second book deal along with it? Or was this a, a package thing that she was already pitching out there? It was a, um, actually, I believe when I talked to the editor at the publishing house the first time, she asked me if I, I had any ideas for a sequel. And I kind of hedged a little and said, I gulped and said yes. And before I had any real concrete plans for it, and then and then very quickly came up with an idea. And so they bought the idea in a two-book contract. I love it. That's very smart of you. Way to think on your feet. I love that. And it's great for the pet world because I have found out for sure that if you're going to write a dog book, you better have a cat book ready to go or vice versa because you're going to hear from those cat folks if you're only writing dog books and vice versa. <laughs> And the cat book was actually more research for me because although I'm very familiar with the workings of the family court, I was not nearly as familiar with the workings of the probate court and was not familiar with, very familiar with, with the pet trust, which a number of your listeners, I'm sure, mm -hmm. uh, know something about. 
because they're becoming more and more common when you want to make provisions for your pet should you die. There are lawyers who specialize in doing that kind of work and can draw up very, very good pet trusts, much better than the one that was actually drawn up in my book because that one was done by a bad lawyer, a fictional bad lawyer. Yeah, and the pet trust, I love how that's coming about as well because I've been a big proponent. I've written many articles about that as well, how to, you need to have a plan in place. You need to have someone that is a, an attorney to professionally review it, set up the documents, and making sure that it's viable and legal because you never know when, uh, when your time's going to be up. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you love your pet, you by all means, it should do that. I highly recommend it. And so I got to learn all about pet trust and hadn't known very much about them before. So, Lee, when, uh, when all of our listeners pick up a copy of Lawyer for the Dog and they read through it, what would you hope they walk away with? Is there a, a message or a key thing that you're wanting them to uh, walk away with that you think, hey, I did my job? Well, I want them to not be able to put it down for very long, number one. When they finished it, I want them to smile I want them to think back and say, I had some good laughs, but I think this woman also shared a lot of wisdom about life. And this main character, Sally Boehner, although she's confused, as we all are sometimes in our lives, <laughs> she's a little bit wise and she has some, she's taught me some things here. But most of all, I want readers to have felt that they really enjoyed the read and to recommend it to other people. And of course, to buy, to look forward to the lawyer for the cat. There you go. So enjoyable book. Have fun with it. Pick up those key messages and then don't put it down till you're done with it. I think it's a good message and a good takeaway. And I'm sure everybody, once they pick up a copy of Lawyer for the Dog, will do just that. So uh, we're excited about it. Congratulations again for such a wonderful book. Where can people find out more about you and the book and all the wonderful events and things you've got going on? Well, I have a website, leemrobinson.com, L-E-E-M as in mother, R-O-B as in brother, leamrobinson.com. And that'll have all the information about my events, my other books, and how to contact me if they so choose. And I very much like to hear from my readers. Very good. So we'll post that website so everybody will have that. And meanwhile, everybody go out and pick up a copy of Lawyer for the Dog by Lee Robinson. Lee, congratulations once again on the book. Keep us posted. Uh, We're looking forward to seeing the sequel, Lawyer for the Cat, come out. And good luck with everything. We'll talk to you soon down the road. Well, thanks so much. It was my pleasure. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I also would like to thank our sponsors and producers for making this show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show, you can go to Pet Life Radio, PetLifeRadio.com, click on the Animal Rights icon, download all the episodes, and listen to your heart's content. And while you're there, make sure you check out all the other wonderful shows and hosts that are on Pet Life Radio. That's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions for me, comments, or ideas for the show, you can email me. Email me at tim at petliferadio.com. I'll be glad to answer your questions, uh, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.